0: Welcome to the Tell Us Something Podcast. I'm Mark Moss. Tell Us Something awakens imagination, empowers storytellers, and connects the Missoula community through the transformative power of personal storytelling. It is a celebration of each other, our stories, and how we move through the world together. All of the stories at Tell Us Something are true. Stories last for 10 minutes and are told from memory. Everyone is welcome to tell a story the community comes together for a night of true personal stories shared live focused on theme everyone has a story what's yours people often ask me how to sign up to tell a story at tell us Something. go to tellusomething.org and click tell a story to see the themes for 2017 click the link for the theme that resonates with you a new page opens complete the form there then call 406-203-4683 to pitch your story this episode of the tell something podcast was recorded in front of a live audience on june 20th 2017 at the wilma in missoula montana nine storytellers shared their story based on the theme on the road this edition of the tell something podcast comes to us from kathy witkowski and is titled do dreams really come true thanks for listening This
1: story is dedicated to the love of my life, Jay Kirby. I first met Jay a number of years ago through mutual friends. And then three years ago, I hired him to design a remodel project for my house. When I first spoke to him about it, he used his usual spiel on me. explaining why he loved to be an architect. He said, I make people's dreams come true. He said this looking straight into my eyes. I thought, I really don't know what my actual response was, but to myself I thought, some of my dreams, maybe all of them, mm, probably not. (laughs) But Jay had other ideas, and along with my house, he quickly went to work on me. He was good at both jobs. (laughs) So good that within a short period of time he had moved in, the remodel project was being done pro bono. (laughs) And much to my astonishment, at 52, I had long thought that true love had passed me by. He really was making all my dreams come true. Jay had every attribute I could possibly have hoped for in a partner. In fact, as far as I could tell, he only had two flaws. One, he was kind of forgetful, and two, he was extremely allergic to stinging insects, bees, wasps, yellow jackets. But he had EpiPens, and he knew they worked because he'd had to use them before, and I figured if I had to remind him to make a few important phone calls or... uh, help him find his keys occasionally. It was a small price to pay to live with someone so lovely. That following year was the happiest year of my life up to that point. And that saying a lot considering that we not only endured a major remodel together, which went on three times longer than it was supposed to. That's no kidding. If anybody's been through a remodel, they know that's not uncommon. But that somewhere in the middle of it, I was diagnosed with cancer and had to begin a seven-month Uh, regimen of chemotherapy and radiation. So not exactly a recipe for domestic bliss. In fact, either one of those things could easily have ruined another romantic relationship. But for Jay and I, it just allowed us to see what we were made of and we liked what we saw and we became closer. Thank you. That fall, I received a clean bill of health and we rejoiced. Thank you. And we carried on creating the uh, life that we had envisioned for ourselves. Uh, We had gotten the memo from the universe. We understood that life was both precious and fragile. And we were going to take advantage of every day that we could together. But the universe seemed to think that we hadn't read the memo carefully enough. Because last summer, July 22nd, to be exact, a Friday, right around five o'clock. Jake called me at home. He had been working at a rental property he owns, owned on 4th Street near the Good Food Store and told me he'd been stung. And, I bet you can guess what the next line was, he'd forgotten his EpiPens at home. He was preparing to drive himself to the hospital. He told me where the EpiPens were. I said I would grab them and meet him there. And that when we, when we hung up, he should call 911. Now this wasn't as crazy an idea as it sounds at first, we knew that there was generally a lag time between when he was stung and when the anaphylactic shock would set in and rather than sit around and wait for an ambulance to show up it made more sense for him to drive himself to St. Pat's which was only about a mile and a half away and even in rush hour traffic shouldn't take him more than 10 or possibly 15 minutes. But when I got in my car, I realized I had a better idea and that was that I should intercept him on the way to the hospital. Our house is, was on, uh, near Russell Street on the north side of the bridge and he would be driving uh, across Russell Street on, from the south side of the bridge. I called him to tell him that I would intercept him on the bridge where no doubt he would be stopped in traffic. It would be easy enough to see his green truck and I would be able to um, hop out and give him the EpiPens. So I called him. There was no answer. So I called 911, and they told me that in fact he had called them, but that they had to put him on hold because there's only one dispatcher on at a time, and they'd had another call coming in. And when they went back to his line, they'd been disconnected. The last they knew, He was at 3rd and Russell. They had told him to pull over and wait for help. I thought, okay, I'm going to find him at 3rd and Russell. Now, if you've ever been on Russell Street during rush hour, you know that traffic is very slow. It seems a whole lot slower when you think your beloved is on the other end in anaphylactic shock. But I finally made it to 3rd and Russell. Sure, I was going to find his truck. It wasn't there. I thought, well, I must have just missed him. I don't know how, but, well, there's a lot of green trucks. Maybe I just didn't see him. So I turned around, and I started coming back over the bridge, thinking he had made it to the hospital. Please be OK. Please be OK. Please be OK. Please be OK. At the emergency room, they told me they had not seen a bee sting victim. Now I was really at a loss, so was pretty much all the ingredients of a nightmare that you cannot wake up from. It was Im- inconceivable to me that the universe which had finally sought to bless me with such a wonderful partner and a beautiful love was going to snatch it away from me like this. Jay, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Please be okay. Please be okay. Please be okay. I drove past our house thinking maybe he'd gone there. Of course he wasn't there. I drove back across Russell Street, thinking maybe he'd gotten confused and gone back to his rental property. He wasn't there. Please be okay. Please be okay. Please be okay. Please be okay. I wasn't sure what to do at this point, but just as I hit 3rd and Russell, it suddenly occurred to me that maybe he had taken a different route to the hospital. Maybe he decided to stay on 3rd and go across Orange Street. And indeed, within a few blocks, I spotted his truck parked in a parking lot of a local business. And that's when things went from surreal to suddenly very, very, very real and horrifying. Because when I looked in the truck, Jay was slumped against the driver's side door, his face ashen, his mouth open. I started to shriek. He did not respond. I couldn't remember how to administer the EpiPens. Fortunately, I saw someone I knew on the sidewalk and somehow managed to convey to him what was happening. He got in the truck, administered the Epis. His companion called 911. The two of them dragged Jay out of the truck, put him on the sidewalk, started to administer CPR while we waited for the ambulance. The rest, of that day passed in a blur. I was in the ambulance. Jay had a faint heartbeat. They did not have to use the AED. But it was pretty clear from the conversation I was hearing in the back of the ambulance. I was in the passenger seat that it was a little touch and go. At the emergency room, they sedated and intubated him. I had a few friends come to show me support. We really. It was fairly clear he was going to live. It wasn't clear how much damage had been done or how, much, um, how long he'd been without oxygen. I stayed that night in the hospital with him. They put him in ICU, intubated. Uh, his wrists were strapped to the bed so he wouldn't pull out the tube. They kicked me out at midnight. I came back the next day, around midday, excuse me, mid-morning, they did uh, remove the tube. And miraculously, Jay came to after the sedatives were off, and he was back to his normal self. Giddy, in fact. I wasn't sure whether that was the medication or the fact that he was just so happy to be alive. But soon it became fairly clear that we had another obstacle, because he had virtually no short-term memory. And every time I tried to explain to him what had happened, He would retain it for about five minutes, and then he would ask me over another time, why does my chest hurt? What day is it? And went on and on like this. They finally discharged Jay the next day, but the nurse wasn't terribly optimistic that he would recover his memory, so I began to prepare myself for a lifetime of compensating for this. I got him a notebook. I got him a pen. I told him he had to take detailed notes of every conversation he had people compensate for much worse things. So I figured, okay, this is our new life together. As it turned out, that was not our new life together. By the end of that week, Jay had recovered his short-term memory, in as much as he's ever had a short-term memory, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's actually a good thing, because now that we've Uh, He's gone through a series of desensitizing shots and is no longer allergic to stinging insects. That leaves him with only one flaw, (laughs) and um, I really don't think I would have married him if he'd been too perfect. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Kathy. Kathy Watskowski has spent most of her life as a journalist, researching and telling other people's stories in newspapers and magazines, on the radio, and in documentary films. This is the first time she's sharing a story of her own. Tell Us Something is proud to be fiscally sponsored by Missoula Community Foundation, a 501c3 organization. Missoula Community Foundation has been providing leadership to Missoula nonprofits and inspiring long-term philanthropy in Missoula since 2007. For the good of Missoula forever, missoulacommunityfoundation.org. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Top Hat Lounge. Bringing great music to Missoula for over 60 years, the Top Hat also offers a unique dining experience centered on local house-made ingredients. Dining Made Different, TopHatLounge.com, The Wilma, A locally owned and independently operated venue, the Wilma has anchored the Missoula cultural and entertainment scene for almost 100 years. Constructed in 1921 as a vaudeville house, the Wilma was utilized as a movie house for the majority of its history. In the 1980s, the Wilma began to once again host live entertainment. Now the Wilma is a state-of-the-art live music facility within a spectacular historic building and has become a destination for nationally touring musicians. Com. Cabinetparts.com, the number one source for cabinet hardware since 1997. Anyone searching for the best kitchen cabinet hardware at a great price needs to go to Cabinetparts.com. Cabinetparts.com, in business since 1997, combines knowledgeable hardware specialists with the best online shopping experience nationwide with fast and easy ordering free hinge-matching service, and same-day shipping, CabinetParts.com is the direct source for all of your cabinet hardware needs. The Bookstore at the University of Montana, a local bookstore serving the students, faculty, and staff of the University of Montana, as well as the Missoula community. MontanaBookstore.com Fact and Fiction, where books, authors, ideas, and readers interact. Fact FactandFictionBooks.com The Good Food Store, Supporting Western Montana farmers and ranchers for almost 50 years, the Good Food Store supports the local folks creating their own beer, salsa, baked goods, ice cream, and more. The Good Food Store is a passionate supporter of Missoula nonprofits, supporting multiple organizations, events, and fundraisers every year. Learn more at goodfoodstore.com. Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company is locally owned and operates four radio stations. The Trail, 103.3. Missoula's quality rock and part of our unique Western Montana community featuring local DJs who love Missoula and know their music. Jack FM, 105.9, playing what they want. You, 104.5 FM, your at-work listening station. And ESPN, 102.9, focusing on city, state, and regional sports, giving exposure and insight to teams and athletes in and around Western Montana. Martin McCain, Woodworks and Design. If you're looking for custom modern or mid-century cabinetry and furniture to fit your home, check out Martin's work on Instagram. He's at martin underscore mccain underscore the woodworks over there and martin McCain, 79 on Pinterest. You can always friend up with him on Facebook because if he's doing work for you, it's pretty likely you'll become friends. Facebook.com slash Martin McCain Woodworks. Enlighten Lab Float Center. Enlighten Lab Float Center is a spa featuring sensory deprivation or floating as a wellness therapy. Unplug, reset, and recharge in their state-of-the-art float tanks. Learn more at EnlightenLab.com. That's E-N-L-Y-T-E-N lab.com gecko designs gecko designs is a great little design shop specializing in responsive results driven web design and are a proud supporter of the arts hosting first fridays every month and making sure that the artists receive the full sale amount when they successfully sell a piece of art gecko designs.com thanks to cash for junkers who provided the music for the podcast find them at cash if you're interested in sponsoring tell us something email me at mark at org That's M-A-R-C at telesomething. Podcast production by me, Mark Moss. Thank you to everyone who attends the events, those of you who download the podcasts, and most especially to the storytellers. Kim Maynard, Alex Sackerson, Steve Gonzalez, Alex Miller, Jason Weiner, Pat Abbey, Kathy Witkowski, Hilly McCann, and Spain Newman. For the most up-to-date information about Tell Us Something and upcoming events, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast. Tell Us Something now also has a YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tell us something.